Good morning, church. Y'all good? Most difficult Sunday of the year to get up on, and here you are, full house. Really glad to see you. If it's your first time here, welcome. Um, we, some things you need to know about us, I, I believe we're a church that desires to see Jesus lifted up in our community, in our world, and, I, and to see him work and to move in the lives of people. We, we, we want to see transformation happen. Uh, through the, the, the teaching and the living out of the gospel. You know, so basically, we're Jesus people, right? That, that's what we, you need to know about us this morning. And uh, so if it's your first time, hopefully you'll, that'll be conveyed in every song that's sung, every prayer uh, uh, spoken, and every word, um, certainly, that, that you hear me say, and, and all the people that greeted you in, in, in the door this morning and, and, in, and into your seat, um, and every point in between. So basically, uh, we want Jesus to be the focus this morning, of course, and as always, that's that's our heartbeat. So we're today we're in this series called Playlist. It's, a, it's our second week in, in the series called Playlist, and, and, and the premise is is that we take modern day um, media songs, pop songs, some of them, uh, song, well known songs that might you might hear on the radio, and uh, we we take them and we we uh, f- preach the gospel through them, and and, and we do this. Not because it's the, 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 the new and fancy, this is a, a draw, but we believe Jesus did this as well. We believe that if Jesus were here in the, in the year 2020, preaching to the world, he would take things that the world understands and, and, and formulate and, and present the gospel, a clear gospel message through whatever that is that we can understand, right? They called them parables, right? So we, we're taking what we consider modern-day parables uh, sung in in songs that most of the, the authors never intended for the gospel to be, um, to be presented through their art. Uh, but we believe that we can find the gospel truth in, in everything. Amen? We believe that in our broken world, and in the, in the way things are, like in, in our world, good or bad, the gospel can be preached no matter what. Anything short of sin is what we want this morning. We use anything short of sin to present the gospel. We use the things that are broken and unintended to present the gospel. We want the gospel to go out of this place. We want people's lives to be changed by what they hear and what they see in you and in me. So we're in this, in this series. Uh, you know, look, we're music people in here, right? Music moves us. Music is, is, is what grabs us. And, and I've heard it said that, look, Bless you. I've heard it said that you know when 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 music uh, is played and the mel- words and melody mixed together, whatever the, the content of that song is, uh, the heart is opened by the the, the word the melody the music part of it, and then the words ride that melody into the heart. It's an easy way to present the gospel because we respond to music. We're just music people. Amen. How many music people got in here? Right. And don't raise your hand if you're not. I mean, like, I almost say, how many are not music so we can ridicule you? But look, hopefully, we'll bring you along. Look, we're, we love to worship in, this, in here, right? We love what music can do. But it's not the music alone that's going to make a difference. The gospel must be attached to it. It must be central to that. So uh, that, let's make that clear. I, I, you know, we love to sing. We love to worship. We love the gift of music that God gave us. But we want, we want to make sure that it's glorifying to the King of Kings. And we believe that God can use, can and will use anything in our world to uh, translate the gospel to our world, the good news. So let's, let's jump in. I want to start this morning by asking a really simple and yet 
profound question, all right? You with me? The question is, what do you see when you look in a mirror? I'm, I'm, I'm feeling groans go up in this place. Like, oh, don't ask me that. I literally brush my teeth with my eyes closed, Justin. I don't. <laughs> I'm fixing my hair. Like, don't look. Don't look at the wrinkle. Don't look at this stuff. It's a hard thing. We don't like the mirror. Even y'all young people that have, like, to the outside world, you're like, man, they look great. Y'all are like, man, I hate myself. I can't stand to look at myself in the mirror. But that's, the, that's kind of the way we are, aren't we? The vast majority of humanity, I don't put a mirror in front of me. I don't want to see what's in there. The older we get, the more that's true. I, I, brought, a, I brought a prop. This is show and tell. Let me today. And I wanted to get one of those big, humongous easel mirrors. Is it bright to everybody? Is, is it like shining in somebody's eyes right there? Oh, don't worry. It's just temporary. But I wanted to get one of those big easel mirrors. And look, I don't know. I couldn't win on prices, right? I don't know what things cost. But I went and just shopped for one of those stand-up easel mirrors. Y'all, $150 for glass? So I bought the $7 one from, uh, from Target. Target, there you go. Don't call it Target, that's, that's stupid. It's an important question to ask. Look, what, what do you see? I'm going to do like this because I, I want to see my ugly self in this mirror real quick. And I want to look, oh my gosh. Why is my hair standing up like that? I'm going to do that. Briggs going on. Um, oh. I got lines on my forehead. My beard is turning gray. And my hair is so short on the side you can't see, but there's gray in there too. Man, golly. I'm 43. And even at 23, I still couldn't look at myself. I, it's just like, ah, oh, oh, forget it. Just be presentable and go on. Anybody, anybody with me on that? Like, come on. Like, I, I, I'm telling you, that's the world. Don't put a mirror in front of me. And the interesting thing about mirrors is, you know, back in, back in biblical times and, and even ancient times, even before then, they, they used all sorts of things for mirrors. Kind of, I guess, the first mirror would have been the reflection of someone in the water. When someone, you know, leaned over a stream or something, or a stream because it's, you know, but a still pond or a lake, and they saw her, oh, that's what I look like. And, and, and what they did is they started to develop and take metal and polish it down real good. And they could see the reflection in things like bronze and, and silver and things like that. But Paul uses this imagery in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I want you to turn there with me. We're going to jump into the scripture. Paul uses this imagery to preach and to teach a profound truth about, about what we see in a mirror, the reflection uh, the reflective nature of God and who he is and who we are in comparison, right? So 1 Corinthians 13, I want you to turn there with me. I'm going to grab my Bible here. 1 Corinthians 13. This is in the NLT, but I want you to follow along on the screen. If you have a Bible, a Bible app, all that stuff, Bible app is free. Put it on a t-shirt. Right, okay, here we go. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12. This is what Paul says. Now, now... In the here and now, we see things 
imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then, talking about eternity, but then, but then, we see everything, we will see everything perfectly, with perfect clarity is what it says, with perfect clarity. All that I know is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. All right, so that's Paul speaking, and he's using the imagery of a mirror. A couple of facts about mirrors. As I told you, of course, the mirrors he was speaking of, the mirrors that would have been around in Paul's day were certainly uh, not the silver, shiny glass ones that we have today. Nothing close. They would have polished down a metal. And if you think about it, it's pretty crude. Like you're looking into a bronze mirror. First of all, you're going to look orange. I, I don't know if you look orange or not. I'm assuming, right? Or, or a, a rust color. But like it, it would have been like dented and like it would have gotten tarnished real easily. And it certainly wouldn't have been a clear image of who you are. Of course, that may have been where the, the, the beginning of people hating to look in the mirror came from, right? That, like, oh my gosh, am I that misshapen? What is that thing? I'm, why is my head tilted that way? And it's because they're looking through a, a dented, tarnished piece of metal. And of course, we've got these now. Pretty, pretty nice. I mean, you know, this is, a, this is a fairly clean mirror, a little bit of dust on it. But I'm sure our bathroom mirrors at home don't look anything like this, right? I mean, they, they might need cleaning. I don't know. And that certainly adds to it. But now, listen, now they have, they are developing smart mirrors. Smart mirrors. These are going to be mirrors that can adjust and augment your image including the clothes you wear, the hairstyle, the hair color, and makeup to create a very realistic augmented reality, a reflection, so that you can look, see what you're going to look like before you get the haircut you want. So that you can see what you'll look like in the clothes you want to buy. So that you can see what you'll look like if you lose 10 pounds. So that you'll see what you look like if you just change yourself in some way, form, or fact. That's crazy. Crazy, right? That's what they're working on. We're going to have smart mirrors before too long. Just like all the alternate reality uh, technology we have in this world. To add to it, we're going to have mirrors that can augment your appearance so that, you, so that looking in the mirror can't, don't have to be, doesn't have to be quite as painful for you. But it's not reality. When you leave the mirror, you're still you. It's crazy. As my wife would say, it's time for Jesus to come back, y'all. I mean, when we got smart mirrors, Jesus, just come back right now. This is ridiculous. <laughs> but I want to say this. Even with how good mirrors are, right, and reflecting the reality of what we look like, most of us, when looking at ourselves in a mirror, we have a hard time perceiving the reality of what's in front of us. It's hard looking in a mirror. It's really hard. The older you get, the more that's true. The more we avoid them, especially as we get older. But look, and so what we do instead of confronting reality is we start finding other mirrors to stand in front of. I don't like this mirror. This mirror doesn't make me look good. I'm going to put this prop up, man. I'm done with that. Sorry for whoever I shine it, that little reflection in their eyes that I like. 
I don't want to look in the mirror, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find another mirror. I'm going to find another mirror to stand in front of. Let's put it this way. Whatever mirror you're standing in front of today, listen. That's going to be your perceived reality, whether it's reality or not. And the mirrors that I'm talking about, let's, let's, let's name some of the mirrors that we stand in front of in our lives, that we, we take notice of, we gaze into. The mirror of self. The mirror of self. Where we are the master of our own universe or destiny. Where we are in charge. Where everything in our life is, needs to fit us and our schedule and our point of view and our opinion and our wants and desires and preferences. Where everything is... We're not... It doesn't have to be arrogance, but it certainly is self-absorption. It certainly is being self-absorbed. Self-absorbed is not necessarily the same thing as being arrogant and conceited. Someone can, be, uh, can have very low view of themselves and still be self-absorbed. The mirror of self. It's dangerous. Look, there's two extremes in that. Both are harmful. One extreme is, man, I look good. And the other one is, I'm somebody's child. You look in the mirror. I'm still, I'm still my mama's child. I love that. Like, just look in the mirror. Oh, I'm somebody's child. Don't talk about me. What about the mirror of uh, social media? What about the mirror of scrolling? Likes, comments, follows, unfollows. What about that mirror? We stand in front of that mirror a lot. Absolutely. And again, two extremes, right? Two extremes. We either, we either, we either pumped up in our own self-worth or, or, or a, a kind of a counterfeit version of that, or we're completely destroyed. There is no middle ground with the mirror of social media and self and labels and what other people say about you. And how people think about you, a good reputation. I want a good reputation. How many of us are chasing a good reputation? And it's for nothing. It's two extremes. So I ask again, what kind of mirror do you spend most of your time and your daily routine in front of? Because that's an important question that we all need to answer, I, myself included. There's a great pop song written in 1987 and recorded by none other than Michael Jackson. King of pop. King of pop. And, it, and this song, is the title is Man in the Mirror, if you haven't guessed by now, right? Set that one up, some little t-ball stand for you. But the lyrics are really interesting, and I, and I, I get what, he, what he's wanting to say, because he's, he's saying, basically, look, I see a lot of things in my world that I don't like and that are painful. There are people in need, and I need to do something about it, so I'm going to look myself in the mirror, I'm going to make a change. I, don't, we agree with all, don't we all agree? That's a good idea. That's great. But it's really, a, it's really void of the gospel. It's great, but if it's not centered on the person of Christ, it's just good works. It's just a good thing. to And, and those are great, but look, as a church, as the church, we are not centered on good works alone. We are not centered on trying to make ourselves feel better about ourselves by doing something for someone else. Or even in the best with the best intentions, going out and doing something for somebody. We need to do that as the church. We can't argue that. But what I think 
Jackson missed when he said in his chorus, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. No message could have been any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself. You're singing it right now, some of y'all. Make that change, right? And it's all about change, and that's great. Change is what we're after. But Christ-centered change is what we're after, folks. The church, right? Amen? Christ-centered change. Not, I'm going to decide now to be different. I'm going to decide now I'm going to be a nicer person. Does that work? I mean, for a little while, it might. It might. But what is, the, what is the mirror that is reflecting back at you that you're standing in front of to cause the heart to want to change? The mirror of self-worth? The mirror of, of trying to make myself feel better because of that image I don't like in that mirror? This is not the gospel. It's not. We are not to go around just doing good works to make ourselves feel better. We are to be Jesus people that put, our, put others ahead of ourselves. We don't even think about ourselves in that. And I, I'm preaching passionately like I've got it down. I am the worst in here at that. The absolute worst. But I want to change. The mirror that I stand in front of will dictate that for me. And so I need to find a new mirror. Amen? I need to find a new mirror. If the world is ever going to have any kind of hope, God's people are going to be the one to share it. True hope. Not some band-aid. Not, not to buy material things for someone to meet a temporary need. We can take the temporary physical need to preach the gospel of the eternal need that that person has, and we should. We did the, the, the Christmas initiative, the Christmas impact a while back, and it was, it's so great because it's wrapped up in the gospel. And look, fill a backpack, that's awesome. But make sure that family that gets it, we want to make sure that they are loved and valued by Christ. We want to make sure, first and foremost, they have a God who loved them enough to send his son to die for them. Without it, it's, it's just empty. That stuff is going to get thrown away, re-gifted, broken, thrown in the trash. What have we done? So I want to change the mirror that I stand in front of. The second truth is that if there's ever truly going to be change, God's people are going to be the catalyst and agents for change. Not by what we do, but who we are. The change goes deeper than the action and the words. I'm going to use a good old sociology term. I was a social... Uh, undergrad, I had, got my undergrad in sociology, and and uh, and I studied this stuff, and I believe in a, so, a lot of the sociological ideas that I studied go well with the, go well with the gospel. Uh, one of the terms that we always talked about was self actualization, and this is uh, Abraham Maslow came up with this, and uh, if you heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, he says if you are self actualized, you're meeting your full potential as an individual. You're living into all that you are meant to be. Self-actualization. Not a reflection that we can augment. But self-actualization. All the good and all the bad of who we are. I believe that is healthy spiritually for us. I believe it is healthy for me to be able to look myself, not just physically, but look myself in the mirror and say, there is so much wrong with me, God. I need you to come in and do something because I am, I am desperate 
for change. But I can't just forget about me and go to the world. I need, to, I need you to change me. But I'm never going to change if I keep looking in the mirror of self. I'm never going to change if I keep looking in the mirror of social media. Comparison. I'm never going to change. Mirrors reveal the hard truth. I want to give you, I want to give you one, two, two very important points, I think, to this whole thing. In, the, in, uh, in a second, we're going to play this song for you. But the Word of God, the Word of God is our mirror. The Word of God and the truth in it is and should be our mirror. We, are, we should stand in front of the truth of the Word of God. This, this, there is no shortcut to change. There is no shortcut to transformation. It's here. It's here. Standing in front of the mirror of who God is and all his beauty and all his wonder and all his greatness and all his goodness and letting that change who you are from the inside out. The word of God is our mirror. It reflects the reality of the truth of who he is. And the second thing is we are the reflection of Christ to our world. So the response is, as I live my life in this world, if I spend enough time in front of the mirror of the truth of who God is and all, all that he's done for me in his word, if I, if I set that to practice, to have it in my life, then the world will see Christ in me, and the world will change. My world around me, not, maybe not the globe, but like my little world, like my office that I work at every day. My business, my classroom, my lunch table, my apartment, that, that my room, you know, I got a roommate that, man, they annoy the heck out of me, and they don't know Jesus, and they just need to get out. No, you need to show, we need to show them, we need to reflect Jesus to them. God's put you there, and God's put them there. The bottom line is this, here, I believe this, listen, the impact you ultimately have on the world depends largely on what mirror you are peering into on the daily. The impact you're going to have on our world depends largely on the mirror that you are peering into daily. If we are peering into the mirror, adults, of, of making a living, providing for our family, which are good things. You know, good things can become bad things if they're not centered on Christ. Even gifts from God can be distorted because of sin and our disobedience to be bad things. Travel sports. Man, I, listen, I'm not, not, look, I want our kids. I'm an athlete. My son's an athlete. We grew up playing travel stuff. Like, that is not, it's, that's not a knock. But if, if that is the mirror that you're peering into more than the word of God, it, it ain't right. <laughs> I was just going to say it. Like, it's not. Like, there is nothing that takes the place of Christ in the mirror of in the reflection of his goodness and, the, and the peering into and gazing upon the beauty of Christ in our life. It cannot be any other way. In Psalm 27, there's a prayer. If you say this like a prayer, I, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but there's one verse in, in, in Psalm 27. There's one part of one verse, verse 4 in Psalm 27 that says this. One thing I have asked for, asked of the Lord, that I will that will I will seek after, 
that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is someone who wants to sit in front of the mirror of who God is. And he says, all the days of my life, I want to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. If that doesn't sound enticing to you, I'm not sure we know this morning what beauty we're looking for. I'm not sure we, maybe we've forgotten just how beautiful God is. Maybe we've forgotten just how good God is. Maybe you've forgotten from when you were 10 years old and you walked an aisle or you gave your heart to Christ somewhere. Maybe you've gotten, the world has just kind of gotten you all out of whack and jaded and callous and stuff. And we have just forgotten this morning how good God is. Maybe we've just forgotten how awesome it is to sit in his presence. Hopefully, on a Sunday morning, you get a little glimpse of that when we're worshiping together. A little heaven come down, right? That's what we want. And all it is, the worship time is just to, 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 for us to feel and taste and sit in and enjoy the presence of God together. I want to be staring in that mirror every day, the presence of God. And I, I do a terrible job at it. I know, it's, I know I'm like Paul. I know what's right, and I, most of the time I don't do it. But this morning, I want to commit myself to throw away all those other mirrors in my life, and I want to stare into the mirror of who God is. And I want to be a changed person because of it. And because of that, all the relationships in my life, they will change too. All those acquaintances, they'll change. They'll give their hearts to Christ. If they see someone who's truly gazing upon the beauty of God, as David would say, man, we'll have no trouble inviting people to church, inviting people to, to things like this. Look, this is not where, the, change can certainly happen here. That's, but we, and we want it to. But man, change happens out there. Change happens out there. I'm going to ask the band to come on up. And uh, we're going to play you this song. Man in the Mirror. Come on up, man. But I want to leave you with this as they're coming up. Uh, look at me, focus. And it's hard because everybody's like seeing the band, like getting their, in their spots. I want you to, don't miss this, please. Here, here's, a, here's a next step for you and for me. Here's something you can put into practical use in your life. Look at, look at me, everybody. Number one, spend time this week gazing upon the beauty of Christ. How do I do that? Get into his word. Start small. Just a little passage here and there, right? Go to Psalms. That, those are worship songs, essentially. And they're just, they're, they're magnifying uh, God for who all he is. And they're saying, God, you're awesome. You're awesome. And then there's some songs that are like, God, I'm desperate for you. You need to come down and please come and help me. Like all those are, the, that's humanity put in, put in, in, in on ink, right? So uh, Psalms are very relatable. It's, it's the cry of our heart. Psalms are devotional. And then you can go to places like Proverbs. It's like pure, like uh, application, things that you can do in your life, put into practice that'll help you. Put into practice this week things that will help you reflect Jesus to the world. Don't just do good things for the world. Do God things. Spend time in front of God's mirror saying, God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? It might not be where I want. High school seniors, God, where do you want me to go to school? Not where my parents want me to go. I'm sorry, parents. They got to listen to the Lord first. And I hope you do. It might not be where you think. Guess what? My family, and including me, wanted me to go to the University of Georgia because five generations of my family were, are UGA people. I ended up here. I didn't want to be here. 
I did not want to be in Valdosta. I toured the campus, and I was mad the whole time. God, why do you have me here? 20 years later, I know why he has me here. But I ran into a friend of mine who was a worship leader uh, for the BCM ministry at the time. Old friend. He's like, you're here? I was like, yeah. Well, I have a worship band. Do you still play guitar? I'm like, yeah. Okay, Tuesday night, we got practice. We got this thing. 400 students come to it. BCM, it's called The Edge. It's awesome. You need to come. You, all right, good. Practice Tuesday night. I was like, oh, great. And God kick-started the answer that I was looking for as to why I was in Valdosta. Had I not, listen, for any one second, had I been looking into the mirror of self for one minute, I would not be standing here. And I would have missed out on so much God had for me. Had I been looking for one moment, it just happened, just so happened to be that in my life I was seeking God like probably never in my life. Had I been seeking other things, I wouldn't be standing here. And I'm so glad that God got my attention. I was gazing upon what God wanted for me, and I, and, I, and I was obedient enough to at least do it. I was mad about it. But God did so much in my life. And I met my wife, and I met so many great friends, and, and you all, and, and my, our students. And, and, and it's the trickle-down effect of what can happen when a young person can gaze into the mirror of the, of the truth of the Word of God. Amen? And that's not for, this is for young and old this morning. When we look in a mirror, what do you see? Hopefully, you see the reflection of someone who's pursuing the heart of God. And if that's not you, maybe this morning is the morning for you. Um, let me pray for you, and then we're going to play this song, Man in the Mirror. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for the truth of your word. We thank you that um, everything, uh, God, everything presented in this world, songs and, and movies and books can translate the gospel message in a powerful way and we're thankful for that so i pray as we listen to the lyrics of this song god that uh, you would speak your gospel truth through it in your name we pray amen